0: friend. It's Forrest, your favorite librarian. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. And this is episode 14, but they look like me. A lack of black illustrator and author collaborations. And in this week's episode, we're going to break down tonight's topic in two ways. Scars are beautiful. Unresolved trauma and reclaiming black beauty. And Community Organizing or Organized, Natural Positions of Allyship, and there are two titles that I believe will assist you along with your reading and with this week's episode. The first is Outside the XY, a Brooklyn Boyhood anthology edited by Morgan Mann Willis, which is an Epi Award winner and Lambda Award nominated Black. Queer and brown masculinity, beautiful, beautiful narrative, but also Black Skin, the definite skin care guide, written by DeJay A. And for more information on both titles, be sure to check out favoritelibrarian.com or anywhere where you can purchase each title. So let's get started. You know, episode 14, What They Look Like Me a lack of black illustrator and author collaboration is basically a part two of measurement of authenticity where we explored in that episode how black illustrators and white authors or non people of color authors collaborate and may not provide an authentic contribution or illustration of black life or or the Black experience. And so with this episode, it's to truly examine and explore a lack of Black illustrators and Black authors collaborating, and how that affects and shapes Black literature in all subjects and entirely. So first, scars are beautiful, unresolved trauma, and reclaiming Black beauty. With this, first, I really, really utilize outside the XY. A Brooklyn Boyhood Anthology. You know, with this title, it really examines black, queer, and brown masculinity. But, you know, first of all, before we examine the title, let me give you some background. First, about the organization, Brooklyn Boyhood, but as well as the title, Outside the XY. You know... Brooklyn Boyhood is a Brooklyn-based national collective that organizes events, great collaborations, workshops, media projects, everything dedicated to embracing the dysphoria of masculinity and the spectrum in queer and trans boys of color. Their mission is to truly support black queer boys of color, but also communities as a collective in redefining queer masculinity through storytelling and community building and also crafting which i love and they have some core members which many are very familiar with but for more information check them out at brooklynboyhood.com that's b-k-l-y-n boy b-o-i hood.com and you know with outside the xy this is an anthology of over 50 stories, memories, ideas, essays, letters even, and then also poems, examining what it looks like, what it feels like, and also what it is to inhabit masculine, masculinity outside of cisgendered manhood for people of color in the world. And so as you read these passionate, complex autobiographical glimpses into so many layers of identities across the queer spectrum these are also olive branches offered by the author to new and old readers but also those that are willing to open their minds and heart so that leads me into scars are beautiful you know when we are examining unresolved trauma and also combating the effects of it in a way, for the black community, there's a ability where we're able to reclaim things. And in this title, Outside the XY, there is a, a form and a movement of reclaiming black beauty. And in the beautifully written essay, Masculinity of Center, Seeking Her Refined Feminine, I really, really felt seen and heard. And let me just read the first paragraph that really just sets the tone for the entire essay. And it reads on page 97, in this essay, I explore female masculinity of color that lie outside of the ironic butch narrative, i.e. woman with the Y, like me. I stumbled into academia quite by accident, I cut my teeth on political campaigns and worked with such social justice organizations around the country. I'd always felt that the conversations that take place in academia spaces lack roots in the community I come from and live in. Sure, there are never a shortage of stories about these places I call home, but the real stories told by people who look like me have more often been told through personal narrative, film, and art. When I find myself sitting in the Gender Institute at the London School of Economics, I struggled at the absence of stories about people like me, queer women of color, along the masculine continuum whose lives and loves don't get the margin, who don't get told, who have to search for reflections in the stories of the margins of, book, of butch narratives, the constant sidekicks or the stereotype footnotes of minority masculinity. So, I set out on a quest that has led me all the way to this book and in your hands. I had some amazing conversations along the way. When I set out to write, I realized that I didn't even have a language and needed to reach out to my community, though I longed and knew what butch meant Thanks to my Butch elders, even though I called myself Butch, all around me there were signals that this was not supposed to look like, and the word fully reflected who I was. One of my first conversations, and it continues about and with an activist that she pronoun using stud echoed this unease with such, and many of us take up in the mantle of Butch, and how it, how they define how they identified as a stud in growing up with their examples, either aggressive or masculine centered, MOC, and also the compassion around such. You know, masculine of center recognizes the cultural brethren and depth of identity for lesbian and queer women who tilt towards the masculine side of gender scale. And the term includes a wide range of identities, such as Butch Stud, A. G. Aggressive Tom, boy dom a list of things and so with this title it gives insight on how you can navigate with your identity and receiving and recepting love but also 20th century lesbian culture and recontextualizing butch and lesbian culture and also queer culture for cisgender and women whether you are identifying with the feminine energy or along that spectrum And so, with its depiction of rich history and legacy, the image of what Butch looks like in popular media and academic writing and even in cultural representation still is overwhelmingly white, but as we began to create room within the existing narrative for young women of color to explore intersections of gender and race as critical sites, this also helps to inform us of what identity truly is for the individual and as a whole. So when we refer to masculine of center as a space to unify all of vibrant, transformative, masculine and gender ways of knowing, we also build a social and political power together. So there's ways where we're able to reclaim areas of black beauty, but also to combat icons of white female masculinity that also build the culture for black beauty for excuse me that built the culture for gender identity and lesb and lesbian gender in many forms, including butch identity, feminine identity, female masculinity. I mean when we theorize this these masculine centered women, but when we also construct gender identity rather than the role, we also must understand the, the constructions of butch and the ability to read the requirements that certain representation come to reflect the I guess a sense of and the essence of identification so whether it be classically pursued or whether it be developed based upon your idea definition we also must understand how certain queer identities are also essentially not in a polar opposite but also connected in a way to heterosexual definitions of identity of community, of sexuality, of sensuality. And so I believe with this title, Outside the XYZ, you're able to really examine the history, the lineage, the origin, but also the usage and the etiology. But, you know, there's also a portion in this book that really resonates with me when we examine how scars are beautiful and how unresolved trauma really constructs how we define beauty, but reclaiming such. But there's also one about healing Legacies of trauma and abuse in the queer community. You know, with this title, there's one passage, and it's also entitled as what I've also mentioned as a portion of "Scars Are Beautiful." With I learned it from watching you. This passage on page two hundred and nine, two hundred ninety-three, really helps you to see how certain not struggles and fear construct identity, but how many attach. Fear and struggle with their identity, and so let me read the opening passage of this beautifully constructed narrative that I love on page two ninety three. And outside the X Y and Z, it says, "Who taught you to hate yourself?" Which is a line that mm, beautifully resonates throughout all the Audrey Lord narrative and rhetoric that you'll ever read, and also with James Baldwin. But it says, "Who taught you to hate yourself?" Malcolm Words had me locked in his 1962 speech, hungry for more of his anti white supremacy shade. At the time, I was a daughter of the golden era of hip hop, Public Enemy, X Clan, and Boogie Down productions were heavily involved with the shaping of my critical consciousness. I grew up in California, a certified tomboy. I was the fastest girl on the track team, the best. Break dancer in my crew, the dopest rapper in the cipher. I was one of the best and exploring among the boys I had ever met. When we started exploring our little sexual selves, I noticed a small tingling in my body that happened every time I had a sleepover at a girl's house. The tingling was somehow related to the feeling I got when watching Prince videos, particularly inexplicable yumminess I felt when Wendy and Lisa appeared. The way they swayed together in unison to the Minneapolis sound was similar to the humping my friends and I would do when we when our parents left us to our own devices. This in nineteen eighty four and crack cocaine had landed in our neighborhood, in my house. Many parents were suspicious and Suspiciously gone at night and us kids found comfort and normalcy in each other. Chosen family. Is this lukewarm enough? Yes, Lisa. Shall we begin? And it continues along the adolescence journey of exploring sensuality, sexuality, but also the boundaries we consider or define as our queer identity. And to find, you know, not only forgiveness in this, at first is through this author's narrative to admit to yourself and then to your community that at times a womanist or a womanizer, a healer, a heartbreaker, and as socially conscious yet as controlling human beings in any relationship. Some of our most passionate relationships, especially for queer women, are with other women who have similar contradictions and patterns. In fact, for many of us, pattern with being survivors of abuse of relationships interactions or partner abuse or even as descendants or those that have parents of addiction or addictive personalities or violent behaviors we develop relationships with intimate partners that express violence in so many ways that painful love suffering is a normalcy for us but yet like myself your favorite librarian as a magical woman, for magical women around the world, there are powerful forces within us and in the communities that we maintain that, with a touch of madness, could really provide us balance, not only publicly or personally or with our political identities, but in all the ways that we view ourselves and how others view us. So, with this book, Outside the X, Y, and Z, I really want people to examine how. When you're able to express your vulnerability, not your hypervigilance, but your vulnerability and visibility, you're able to reclaim the spaces that are available to you, but unbeknownst to you, all spaces to express yourself and to, in a way, shine a Batman signal and light for others of like mind, of like cues, of like abilities, of like interest and passions to cultivate. And to organize for a community to really build and you know in the book black skin the definite skincare guide wow 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 first of all i applied i simply applied the author you know she is simply an expert dj a, and i hope i'm pronouncing her name correctly is really an expert in black skin not only care, but the history and the the pursuit and the care and the mindfulness of how you view and value, you know, intelligent, informed and indispensable. This guide, black skin, the definite skincare guide is in every way a guide that every black woman, man or child has been waiting for. And, you know, with such credible, authentic, insightful information from this author who is not only a skin care and skin health expert, but this pioneer in the beauty industry has over a decade of experience. And so just as a pivotal champion and advocate that provides a wealth of tools to people of color to become more educated and to refine their education on their unique skincare needs. I mean, just in her title, it literally aims to push the beauty industry forward in its requirements to serve all sectors and and customers. I mean, also, keep in mind, the author of Black Skin is also a founder of the West Room Aesthetics, which is a London-based boutique for skincare, and is a clinic that specializes in skin of color and is a two-time award winning and vogue beauty finalist for they're also the Black Skin Directory founded also to connect and better connect people of color. To professional skin care in all facets so you're able to make the best skin care decisions and find professionals to support you along your journey you know just not beautiful enough is a portion of black skin care that i love it's along page 174 and it talks about finding balance your attention your care the effort, and also the specialness and black care, but also how skincare is a form of self-care and self-love. And, you know, self-love defines and is a reflection of all relationships. How you love yourself is how you love other people, how you create a space to love other people, how you have tools to love other people, your intentions and effort and, it, and efforts and the balance you have. And so when we examine, you know, a lack of, black illustrators collaborating with black authors you know in our first episode that we examine with a measure of authenticity when we examine black illustrators collaborating with white authors oftentimes they're using authentic illustrations of black life and black experience with perspectives of black life but with this book skin care there are beautiful illustrations of black care and variations of skin common skin conditions and specific skin Conditions and ailments and illnesses and and things that aren't as easily circulated or perceived as beautiful. And when we see this balance, we're able to see a balance of not only black voices, black illustration, but also black life. That is black art. Art imitates life, but if life is not illustrated in art, there is no circular Or there's no circular balance of information or wealth of that balanced insight or insight that beautifully depicts all intersections of life of a community or the the black experience, whether a person of color or a skin of color. And so when we examine certain illustrators of black literature, and I have a wealth and some favorites. So if you're ready, write down or definitely pause this video excuse me, podcast. So for some of the greatest black illustrators of black literature, you have Ashley Bryan, Ford Cooper, Nikki Grimes, Vanessa, Brantley Newton, Frank Morrison, V. Harrison, Sean E. Evans, Tom Feelings, um Jeremy Pickens, Ashley Evans, Nina Cruz, Ag Evans, Ebony Glenn, Kadir Nelson, these are substantial catalysts for change but also black illustrators that provide an authentic and refreshing perspective of black life through every attention to detail their line work their usage of cool and warm color their mastery of the color wheel etc their art teachers art school or their pursuit of art history and art education it pays and it shows off through their dedication for their art and also illustrations and depictions of black life. So when we examine black literature, we look at the black insight, the black contributors of the black experience. These are black contributors. These are black voices. This is black excellence at its finest. And yet this does not come from any perspective, view or contribution from non-people of color or white perspectives are white authors so yes there are white authors that contribute to the black literature but they aren't contributing to black experience the black experience and yet that should be reserved and gate gate it should be gate simply and solely for black contributors black creatives black content creators you know when we look at these illustrators whether from ashley evans nikki, nikki cruz or Frank Morrison, uh, Floyd Cooper, they illustrate every aspect, but also know the nuance, the rebirth, specific cultural references, either aesthetically or small details that should be added in certain narratives. They know and are aware. They aren't introduced or informed. They are well familiar, familiar, and are versed. And that leads us into our second portion for this week's episode. Community organizing or community organized. Natural positions of allyship. You know, I believe that many things have a natural position in our lives and that there are times that we are not meant to force people, places or things in our lives, our view or in our focus. And so when we examine allyship, when we define allyship, when we engage allyship, when we place it in, within our organization, within our community, when we see how it aligns with our, org, with our community organizing or how it has assisted with our community being organized, we must first acknowledge authentic voices and contributions of the black experience because we're solely talking about the black experience right now, black community, the black community, black contributors. And so, in Black Skin, on page not on page eighty eight, it explores and examines and beautifully defines the history and pursuit of Black freedom under the white guise, and how the white guise, in a sense, has affirmed and assured the standards of. European beauty and standards of beauty, but also how European standards of beauty and objectives have constructed the idea for beauty amongst all people of color. But particularly for the black community, the black contributions have always considered in some way subconsciously or consciously these modes and standards for beauty. And yet when we are able to reclaim the black beauty and any ways of expressing ourselves, that specific acts of liberation reflect black women, children, men, right to control how they show up in the world and how we define our beauty through scarring, through our way to define symmetry. And let me give you an example so we can go deeper. Your favorite librarian, I'm a fair-skinned woman. And for some, they may define me as racially ambiguous. I am a black woman. I come from two beautifully black individuals, not only through their consciousness, through their aesthetic, through their life, through their community, through their connection with the culture. And so with this, we're able to see depictions of beauty through politics, through the bureaucracy and through cultural customs and traditions, which reflect our common standards and measures of excellence and how we define someone through their social economic standing or through how they perceive their individuality or define themselves through queerness, through their sexuality, through the sensuality, but also how they align with a standard that we circulate. And so when we examine in the book Black Skin, Black Freedom Under the White Gaze, You know, those specific acts of liberation, they acknowledge and also reflect black rebirth of the black image of how we those of the black experience contribute and also redefine, remeasure, redirect, but also provide an assurance that you can be any way you want whether you're an alternative black girl that listens to Fifi Dobson, or whether you listen to Coltrane and vocal jazz and Ella Fitzgerald, or whether you like reading mangas and watching, you know, walkthroughs of first-person over flat over platform games, or whether you like a Sega Genesis p- compared to playing a, you know, a PlayStation game, because the way they have capitalized off of certain characters, like in Metal Gear Solid, or and how you see how they use um, Kratos and God of War you don't like that so you prefer other other consoles there's so much room for the black experience that monolithic examples and narratives no longer define us as a whole or a community and so when we look at the book black skin and outside the XYZ we look at an example of black illustrators black creatives black content creators and black authors but yet And the act to reclaim Black beauty, Black excellence, Black identity, these acts of liberation also provide a space and assurance and the priority for health and wellness inside and out. So, I love the title Black Skin. I really think the author hit on something, you know, on page 127, it talks about Black Skin and the Sun. And let me actually turn to this because... With its also pictorial illustrations of black, hair, skin, hue, ability, body, shape, size, you're able to really also see in its definition, which I also love, of common skin conditions. And when I say common skin conditions, we go from acne, vitiligo. if I'm pronouncing it correctly, golden rules of managing acne, Um, eczema dehydration for people that like myself that deal with keloid scarring and and tissueing from um oh man kp from edp we can go from freckles i mean it goes on and on hyperpigmentation the cause of hyperpigmentation how to treat types of hyperpigmentation dark eye circles sun damage melis if i'm pronouncing that right i simply love going back to wellness and health inside and out this book provides every aspect for a fulcrum a balance and a wealth of information so the reader arrives to the best conclusion that supports them and so let me read you a portion on page 126 the sun and black skin you know there's a plenty of misinformation about the effects of the sun but also how to care for black skin and so the main damage from the sun comes from uva and uvb rays and even though we can't see them uva and uvb rays with the naked eye they wreak havoc on our skin and unchecked can ultimately damage our longevity of not beauty but of how we can really care for our skin which is the, one of the largest organs and so with this book it defines truly how not only elements affect us hyperpigmentation natural causing and natural and chronic and specific scare skin conditions but also how key skin care ingredient ingredients and a lot of Common products that are circulated and celebrated can harm us upon knowing what properly to use and what properly to look for. And so in the portion on page 186, which again is entitled Key Skin Care Ingredients, I really enjoy how the author defines and break down every portion, the chemical compound, component, but also how she focuses on classic ingredients and even though some may be old school and not very sexy they deliver great results and whether you pick a product in your bathroom and look at the ingredients on the back you're most likely going to see a list of things that you can't really define acknowledge or really have access to on a level that may be able to best benefit you Actually in fact there are some chemicals that we are not able to recognize because of our lack of of engagement of specific excuse me of ingredients or understanding how these ingredients react and respond to our specific skin conditions or the way we care for ourselves. And so the way that the author defines specific ingredients, how they support us and how to look for these things, how to empower yourself. She truly provides a space of not where you're enabled based upon the information you receive, but how you can enlighten yourself. And that is one of the most empowering things of literature. And also, which one thing I really, really love is that, you know, any pursuit of education, whether traditionally or Individually is essential. And so with this book, one thing I love with Black Skin is that it provides a product hall of fame. You know, everyone is on a different budget, but the author provides a base of advice for specific um, products, brands and ingredients to use that will allow you to find a balance, rehabilitation, and also support in your journey for care, for love, and also for creating a time to just be loved on. And that's one thing I love about reading. You're not only feeding your mind, your body, but your soul. So on page 246, one thing I love is that it mentions about whether or not to go pro or to stay home. It examines affordability, accessibility, and the type of skincare providers to seek. And you know, with this portion of the book, Black Skin Whether or Not to Go Pro or to Stay Home, it talks about there's no denying that skincare treatments can cost, yes, a pretty penny, but it lets you know how to navigate that so you can use your hard earned money for the good not only for treatment products for for possibly both whatever best defines the health the regimen but also gives you high quality treatments or regular on a regular basis and so the question that we arrive when we examine affordability is basically treatment and products and the longevity the long term of affordability mostly of a concern is that how and what does the commitment look like, especially with specific practitioners and providers of skincare, health, and of products? And with this book, it defines not only how to look, what to look for, the best beauty therapists, choosing the best skincare professionals, but different types of skincare providers, and how, and also words of warning, insight, and also great guidance. Whether it be treatment, products, inside history, or what to look for. And so with this, with this beautifully paired illustrations of life, it provides all aspects of black excellence, identity, and also the community. And so I love it. Not only if you feel seen and heard with a book like skin, like black skin, or even with outside the XYZ, there are other titles. And if you're available, Also, go ahead and stop this podcast and get ready for a list of examples. You know, the Little Leader series, which I love. Also, V. Harrison and Vanessa Brantley, Newton, Kadir Nelson, Frank Morrison, and F. Cooper. Their literature, man, anything by them is always paired with a black artist author or a black contributor of the black experience so there's all around a black authentic there's all around an authentic illustration of the black experience with these illustrators but also with all genres of literature specifically like black skin it provides different celebrations of the black experience you know scholastics shades of black a celebration of black children is a beautiful title that you can introduce not only Black love, self-care, self-love to your little scholar, but the importance of such. There are other titles like Her Story by Virginia Hamilton, illustrated by the Dillons, Leo and Diana Dillon, and also, naturally, Shuri, which is a part of the Marvel series. These illustrations not only are beautiful collaborations with Black authors and Black contributors of the Black experience, but also Black artists and Black Illustrators. So you're able to see that there are great collaborations from Black artists and Black authors, and that these voices are being celebrated, they're being accepted, but also reassured that there's a space for those that feel similarly or differently or along the community. And you know, I really want many of you to read more, and you know, not only if you feel like the titles that I provided you outside the XYZ or Black Skin, the definite skincare guide, assist you. I encourage you to find a title that does. Whether you do on my platform, Instagram, Favorite Librarian, or on Favorite Librarian.com, on any book blog or Instagram, or through any comment or review, there is something for you. And remember, when you heal unresolved or acknowledge unresolved trauma, you're able to reclaim things that you unbeknownst to you knew existed. Or were an attachment that held you from certain progressive growth that is needed for your journey. Scars are beautiful. They not only are illustration of where you've been, but where you're going, and what you have endured, but what you won't endure, or what you will not tolerate. And through seeing, oh, not only a community organizing, you can see how or- how communities have been organized. And through natural positions of specific allyship and allies, you're able to see how black freedom under the white guise or depiction of beauty, politics, cultural traditions reflect common standards and measurements of excellence and beauty. And through reclaiming black beauty, you're able to create a space for all intersectionalities and narratives and expressions of black identity and the black experience. So, friends, I really want you to look for more literature that celebrates black voices and black art at the same damn time. Not only should we not only read and consider white authors that provide a perspective and contribute to black literature but you should prioritize love and celebrate black authors and black illustrators individually and also look for their collaborations i really have enjoyed sharing my insight with you this week you know it's been fun meeting with you all again episode 14 what they look like me a lack of black illustrators and a black author collaboration episode has been wonderful and i'm excited to see how this week episode resonates with you and in the meantime continue to check out favorite librarian on instagram as well as favorite as always there is something for you continue reading As always, this has been wonderful and fun. Remember, friend, you are not alone. There is something for you. Continue to read. And if you need more Black or queer literature, check out my website, favoritelibrarian.com or my Instagram, favoritelibrarian. Until next time.